Welcome to our podcast on A Course in Miracles today. We're so happy to have you with us. It's been a good day. Um, we're putting together Sandra Ray's third volume. Lately, I've been thinking three. All of her Facebook posts from 2019 and 2020, which covers the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. So what were we going through in our minds when all that happened? Because yeah. 2019, we had no idea. And then all of a sudden in 2020, there it is. Mm. So it's interesting how you write about it in oh, this okay. book. Okay. Yeah. So anyhow, I have it all crunched together and it should be out in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much, Marcus. All right. That's and so it'll be a trilogy now. We got Lately, I've been thinking one. Lately, yeah, I've been yeah. thinking two. And lately, I've been thinking three. And they're all really good. So oh. I'm real happy now that we have this trilogy. And actually, you know, you've written Lately, I've Been Thinking Four. Because that would be all your Facebook <laughs> posts from, from 2021 and 2022. Uh-huh. And... And that book is already done. We just need Barbara to start working uh, on it. Oh, I got several <laughs> books for her to work on now. Yeah. Several. Yeah. I got three books for her to work on because I've got um, Outside the Box, yeah. number two, and then the new one, Unhappiness and Longevity, and yeah. then this one. So I've got so three books. So you have a plethora of new books coming. Yeah. Okay. All right. Brand so this your... is still, uh, it's the last section in Chapter 9. So it's Section 8. Grandeur versus grandiosity. Grandeur versus grandiosity. Yeah. Okay. Grandeur is of God and only of Him. Therefore, it is in you. Whenever you become aware of it, however dimly, you abandon the ego automatically because in the presence of the grandeur of God, the meaningless of the ego becomes perfectly apparent. Wow, I really like that statement. Mm-hmm. When this occurs, even though it does not understand it, the ego believes that its enemy has struck and attempts to offer gifts to induce you to return to its protection. That's what I went through yesterday. Self-inflammation is the only offering it can make. Self-inflation is the only offering it can make. So that would be grandiosity. Yeah, the grandiosity of the ego is its alternative to the grandeur of God. Which will you choose? Wow, that paragraph is really powerful. Well, yeah, I think, you know, it's comparing... um, your connection to creation, which is grandeur, but it's also not special, you know? Mm-hmm. Like everything in creation has this grandeur. Every human being has mm-hmm. the grandeur. Yeah. So it's not a matter of hierarchy, it's just a matter of seeing your reality. But now, grandiosity is like uh, premised on insecurity so it's got to make you seem great in the eyes of others Mm -hmm. so it's always comparing and always judging and always you know kind of self-aggrandizing yeah and it says grandiosity is always a cover for despair Uh it is without hope because it is not real it is an attempt to counteract your littleness based on the belief that the littleness is real uh, yeah. Oh, so you think you're little, so you overcompensate by being grandiosity. Yeah, grandiose. And grandiose, yeah. yeah. Without this belief, grandiosity is meaningless, and you could not possibly want it. The essence of grandiosity is competitiveness, because it always involves attack. 
It is a delusional attempt to outdo, but not to undo. We said before that the ego vacillates between suspiciousness and viciousness. Well, that's heavy. It remains suspicious as long as you despair of yourself. It shifts to viciousness when you decide not to tolerate self-abasement and seek relief. Then it offers you the illusion of attack as a solution. Yeah, so it's almost like... You know, what I, I keep getting, the ego is an addiction. And, you know, right before you give up an addiction, it gets almost stronger at the last time, at the end. Yeah. Hanging yeah. on. Yeah, it gives you kind of last-ditch um, tactics Ooh. in order to keep you hooked. I know. And, and I think we're, we're getting to the point where we're not so fooled by the ego anymore. And we don't need grandiosity and we're experiencing more of the grandeur of just the present moment, you know? Yeah. And when I mean, when I look around at what's been provided for us to live here in Washington, and and it's like, where did it come from? It's mm. like, it just was here, yeah. and we showed up, and then all the means for us to be here were provided. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful space, and our life is so orderly, and simple and blessed. Uh -huh. Now, that is grandeur. Yeah. And we've got an altar in every room, and sometimes we've got three altars in every room. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the beauty of those altars and the power of those altars mm -hmm. is permeating our life. Yeah, and, and that's why. I, and that is grandeur. And I, that's why I want to remember tonight before we go to sleep to do it again. Sit before the altar. Yeah. The ego does not understand the difference between grandeur and grandiosity because it sees no difference between miracle impulses and ego alien beliefs of its own. I told you that the ego is aware of threat to its existence but makes no distinctions between these two very different kinds of threat. Its profound sense of vulnerability renders it incapable of judgment, except in terms of attack. When the ego experiences threat, the only decision is whether to attack now or withdraw or attack later. If you accept the offers of grandiosity, it will attack immediately. If you do not, it will wait. Well, it's really heavy. You know, and I think what happens then is this, this attack that people feel, um, yeah. they don't know how to deal with it. So I think they just run into more addictions. <laughs> well, and, and you don't realize the attack starts with yourself. You're attacking yeah. yourself with your personal lie. I'm not good enough. I'm a loser. I'm not worthy. Yeah. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I can't maintain my good. Uh, I experience some good and then it turns to crap. You know, like we've all had moments where we experience that. But... Um, in your grandeur, it's consistently good. Consistently, yeah. Yeah. I like and that word, consistent. It's consistently good. It's like the Course talks about constant joy. Yeah. Not, not like a happiness that's here today and gone tomorrow. It's like a happiness that permeates your life and is always there and you're aware of it. Mm -hmm. And it's very divine and holy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh my holiness envelops everything I see. That's that's lesson 36. And then my holiness blesses the world. There's nothing my holiness cannot do. My holiness is my salvation. So this grandeur and your holiness are the same thing. Yeah. 
The ego is immobilized in the presence of God's grandeur because his grandeur establishes your freedom. Even the faintest hint of your reality literally drives the ego from your mind because you will give up all investment in it. Grandeur is totally without illusions, and because it is real, it is compellingly convincing. Yet the conviction of reality will not remain with you unless you do not allow the ego to attack it. The ego will make every effort to recover and mobilize its energies against your your release. Wow, that's pretty, it's like, it's like an enemy trying to win. Right? Yeah. It will tell you that you are insane and argue that grandeur cannot be a real part of you because of the littleness in which it believes. Yet your grandeur is not delusional because you did not make it. You made grandiosity and are afraid of it because it's a form of attack. But your grandeur is of God who created it out of his love. Yeah. Well, that's pretty yeah. clear. I mean,. And, and the grandeur is something you already have and always have had. Yeah. It's not something you accomplish. Mm. You know, like in the world we think, oh, if we accomplish these great feats and we go to college and we get all the, uh, you know, education and then we go into the workplace and we get all the accolades and, you know, we accomplish all this stuff. Well, I mean, not that there's anything inherently wrong about, you know, striving for excellence, but but the grandeur this is talking about, you already have it. It was already created. Mm-hmm. It's already complete. It's not something you have to work hard to add to it. Yeah. It's more like you have to work hard to not, not let your ego infiltrate and ruin tell it. you that you're not, you're not good enough, you know. Ruin the grandeur. Yeah, right. From so your, from your grandeur, grandeur, you can only bless because your grandeur is your abundance. By blessing, you hold it in your mind, protecting it from illusions and keeping yourself in the mind of God. Remember always that you cannot be anywhere except in the mind of God. When you forget this, you will despair and you will attack. The ego depends solely on your willingness to tolerate it. If you are willing to look upon your grandeur, well, that would be a good line for one of our clients. (laughs) If you are willing to look upon your grandeur, you cannot despair, and therefore you cannot want the ego. Your grandeur is is God's answer to the ego because it is true. Littleness and grandeur cannot coexist, nor is it possible for them to alternate. Littleness and grandiosity can and must alternate since both are untrue and therefore on the same level. So people shift from littleness to grandiosity. Yeah, yeah. and that's like we have clients who say, I'm nothing and then I'm too much, right? Yeah. Like, same and, thing. And, and uh, I think we have to be very sober with ourselves and that maybe we've never fully had this experience of grandeur. You know, maybe we've had a glimpse of it, but if we're still vacillating back and forth, yeah, that's not you it. know, then obviously we haven't fully embraced grandeur. Yeah, because right. once you embrace the grandeur, it's saying you don't do this oscillating back and forth yeah, thing. Right. It doesn't have that kind of a of um you know uncertainty. Yeah. It has certainty and it has consistency. Mm. 
And to vacillate back between what you think is the opposite, uh, which would be littleness and grandiosity. Those are two opposites, but they're really the same thing. You know, they're like a, it, it, it's an obsession with opposites. It's, it's still in the dualistic yeah. thought system. Oh, I can be good, but I can equally be bad. Or I can be little, but I can equally be grandiose, you know? So it's still the dualistic thought system of the ego. But once you enter into the grandeur, there's no opposite. Yeah. It just is. Truth and littleness are denials of each other because grandeur is truth. Truth mm. does not vacillate. That's what you're saying. It's yeah, always right. true. Right. When grandeur slips away from you, you have replaced it with something you have made. Perhaps it is the belief in littleness. Perhaps it's the belief in grandiosity. Yet it must be insane because it is not true. Your grandeur will never deceive you, but your illusions always will. Illusions are deceptions. You cannot triumph, but you are exalted. And in your exalted state, you seek others like you and rejoice with them. Yeah, I like that word exalted. That, that's like a word that I was searching for earlier today when we had a client who was kind of experiencing, you know, his low self-esteem. And, and it didn't, like he had a thought, I, I'm, a, I'm a loser, but... I'm a winner. It just didn't seem to be right. what was the right vibration. But this word exalted, mm -hmm. it's like it's beyond opposites. It's not like winning and losing. You know, mm -hmm. the thing with winning is it implies a losing. Mm -hmm. But exalted doesn't have an opposite. It's just like you're in the light and you find others who are in the light and you rejoice together in this exaltation of your true self mm -hmm. yeah it's easy to distinguish grandeur from grandiosity because love is returned and pride is not pride will not produce miracles and will therefore deprive you of the true witnesses to your reality truth is not obscure nor hidden but it is obviousness its obviousness to you lies in the joy you bring to its witnesses who show it to you. They attest to your grandeur, but they cannot attest to pride because pride is not shared. God wants you to behold what he created because it is his joy. Yeah, well, it, it, grandeur again is not pride. Uh, and, you know, pride's actually considered an impurity, you mm -hmm. know, uh, anger, greed, uh, lust, attachment and pride those are like the five impurities that they say you know in yoga that you have to overcome so so exaltation grandeur is the opposite of pride because they're shared mm -hmm. you can't share pride that's like you've isolated yourself and you have this inflated view of yourself and you're so you know proud of yourself but grandeur connects you with everybody. And you see the good qualities of everyone. You see your good qualities, but you also see those good qualities in everyone. Can your grandeur be arrogant when God himself witnesses to it? And what can be real that has no witnesses? 
what good can come of it. And if no good can come of it, the Holy Spirit cannot use it. What he cannot transform to the will of God does not exist at all. Grandiosity is delusional because it is used to replace your grandeur, yet what God has created cannot be replaced. God is incomplete without you because his grandeur is total and you cannot be missing from it. Yeah, yeah, my part is essential in God's plan for salvation. You, God, it says God is incomplete without you. So we all have to um, wake up to our grandeur that we share with everyone, right? It's our best qualities. And these, I mean, they may be uh, intrinsic talents that you have, and that's not excluded in your grandeur. Like, my grandeur is going to look a little different than your grandeur because I have different talents and capabilities and you have different talents and capabilities. But when we come together and we share those talents and capabilities, we're all sharing them in this vibration of our own grandeur. You are altogether irreplaceable in the mind of God. No one else can feel your part of, in it. And while you leave your part in it empty, you, your eternal place merely waits for your return. God, through his voice, reminds you of it, and God himself keeps your extensions safe within it. Yet you do not know them until you return to them. You cannot replace the kingdom, and you cannot replace yourself. God, who knows your value, would not have it so, and so it is not so. Your value is in God's mind, and therefore not in yours alone. To accept yourself as God created you cannot be arrogance, because it, because it is the denial of arrogance. To accept your littleness is arrogant, because it means that you believe your evaluation of yourself is truer than God's. That line I always think is so important, because... People, yeah, read it again. Uh, people are always indulging in their personal life, which is their littleness. And they yeah. think it's arrogant to be the opposite or to be great or to be good enough is arrogant. Yeah. To accept your littleness is arrogant. Yeah, be right. Because it means that you believe your evaluation of yourself is truer than God's. Yeah, well, God created you in your grandeur with all your best qualities uh, to be used and shared. And if you think you're not good enough, or if you think you're a failure, or if you think you're a loser, or you think you're guilty, or you think any of those very low vibrational thoughts about yourself, that is really arrogant. Yeah. Because you're denying the grandeur that God created you in. Yeah, if you said to somebody, well, your personal lies making you arrogant, they probably wouldn't get it, you know? Uh, yeah, because we, we have this false religious theology where to put yourself down is to humble yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and to put yourself up is to be arrogant. Yeah. You know, and it's just the opposite. Right. You know. Yet if truth is indivisible, your evaluation of yourself must be God's. You do not establish your value and it needs no defense. Nothing can attack it nor prevail over it. It does not vary. It merely is. Ask the Holy Spirit what it is, and he will tell you. But do not be afraid of his answer, because it comes from God. It is an exalted answer because of its source, but the source is true, and so is the answer. Listen and do not question what you hear, for God does not deceive. He would have you replace the ego's belief in littleness with his own exalted answer. 
to what you are, so that you can create, so that you can cease to question it and know it is for what it is. Yeah, so... Let's see. Well, you're going to get an exalted answer if you if ask. you ask God, you know, and the Holy Spirit, what show me my true self? Yeah, and then that is going to be something glorious. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something, uh, yeah, with the grandeur imbued in it. It's like your best qualities uh, are much needed in the world, and you're sharing with. The world, your qualities, is going to make you happy mm. and abundant, and that that is your grandeur. So I like that. Show me, Holy Spirit, my real self. Yeah. Show me my grandeur. Okay, so let's read that uh, lesson three thirty nine, or two thirty nine. I think it is yeah. two thirty nine. Two thirty nine is the glory of my Father is my own. Yeah, so that's kind of like the glory and the grandeur and the exaltation Mm -hmm. that's all the same thing so let's see if we can nail that like let's all make contact with that glory the glory of my father is my own so that means there's glory in us there's glory in you there's glory in me there's glory in anybody listening to this podcast and let's see if we can make contact with that glory just reading these two paragraphs yeah let not the truth about ourselves today be hidden by a false humility. Let us instead be thankful for the gifts our Father gave us. Can we see in those with whom he shares his glory any trace of sin or guilt? And can it be that we are not among them when he loves his Son forever and with perfect consistency, knowing he is as he created him? All right, so everybody in this Gifts of God program, we're looking upon your glory, our glory, the glory we share, the innocence we share. We're accepting the atonement for ourselves. There's no mistake we made in the past that has any effects on us because we've surrendered to the correction of the Holy Spirit. And the correction of the Holy Spirit is like, we don't even have to know what the problem is or the answer. We just trust that the Holy Spirit is absolving us of any of our mistakes. So we accept the atonement for ourselves. We accept the innocence for ourselves. And that gets us back into the grandeur, into the glory, into the perfection of who we are as God created us. We thank you, Father, for the light that shines forever in us. And we honor it because you share it with us. We are one, united in this light, and one with you, at peace with all creation and ourselves. All right. Beautiful. Well, there you go. So thanks for being with us. And please acknowledge your grandeur. (laughs) 